Naked Shamanism. Welcome to With Insights Radio. I'm your host, Iggy Garcia. I will take you on a journey across the universe through shamanism, metaphysical, and holistic. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. To our show here, and I um, hope you can sit back here for about half an hour and just chill with us a little bit. This show is going to be about your shamanic path, your journey. Uh, this will be kind of a insight, a touch of becoming shaman, becoming medicine man or woman. So I just kind of want you to sit back and relax a little bit, and just. Uh, just listen to what I have to say. I don't expect anyone to agree or, or disagree. Just enjoy and take with you what you feel is important. <clears throat> and um, as it's titled, it's called the Urban Suburban Shaman. In this day in life, a lot of us do not live in the woods. A lot of us don't congregate, you know, like the old days and solitude, different types of solitude. So what I'm going to try to attempt to do over this show is to express that feeling, what it means to be a, a holy person or, or a, a vessel, a facilitator to the world, to yourself, to your friends and family, you know, things that, um, that you find, you know, important to you. I do have a slight cold, so kind of fighting that, so I do apologize if I you hear a sniffle from time to time. But um, that's where we're at today. The show is going to be based about how do we live our path, especially in a concrete jungle that we've created as human beings. This concrete jungle that we've created out here um, sometimes can stifle us, sometimes it can cause us to be feeling a certain way, to act a certain way, to behave a certain way. So I, I, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to be uh, a person who is drawn and called, you know, by the spirit, by the great way Aiken, by the great, uh, you know, mystery, by God to do uh, certain types of work. I personally was raised Catholic. I was raised, uh, you know, very parochial style, Roman Catholic. We had our beliefs. We were pretty stuck by them. But I was also raised by medicine people. I was also raised by my mother, my father. And my grandmother, who were very uh, <clears throat> into uh, Native American traditions and different styles and their own styles, their own creations, their own you know history, lineage. Uh, for a while, that was was actually uh, was a no-no for uh, when I was when I came to this country as a child. Not that it was a no-no in a sense, but we were trying to fit in. We were trying to be part of the the culture, be assimilated, to be uh, one with everybody, and to be accepted. Uh, to create a new way of life. But for us, it was normal. It was normal to be that way, to understand, to take an egg and pass it among someone's body and pull out, you know, that the, the eye, the all-seeing evil eye that sometimes childs get. That's just one example. Um, you know, putting water on somebody, putting Agua Florida, which is Florida water, you know, on somebody to, you know, you know, waken them up, to bless them, to revive them, 
uh, the sacred smokes, the sacred smudges. So I know we were talking about how how are you going to be a shaman? How are you going to be a medicine person in this world? You know, number one, knowing where to even find somebody who does this type of work. And the thing is, the student always finds the teacher, and the teacher always finds the student. So that's the way I always have lived my life. That um, sometimes the searching is part of the journey to understand that within that search, within that journey of you searching for your mentor or whoever, there's a lot to see and a lot to explore. Because once you get to your to that mentor, once you get to that holy person, to that shaman, to that medicine man or woman, they will ask you questions about your journey along the way, what you saw, what you experienced. So for those of you who are seekers or wanderers and searching, always journal and always record the things that are happening to you, you know, as you're journeying through this world. Come into this place, you know, where you want to come and be able to express what's inside your heart, what is happening to you. Being a shaman, is it a lonely existence? Maybe a long time ago it was. The shamans of today are very different than the shamans of past, but there are some who live that life, you know, that solitary life, and when called upon, they will show up. But every day, we're in communion, communion with nature. We're in communion with all aspects of life. Uh, every day, we, we see the sun. Every day, we see the trees. Every day, we touch the grass. To understand what it means to all my relations to be one, I am also... Proven shaman, but I'm also a Nemanha medicine man. I'm an understudy. I'm learning the ways of the Nemanha, Native American group here in the United States, and I'm also one of their chiefs. Uh, very honored to be, you know, accept that calling. But those journeys and those things never stop. They never end. Never, ever, ever. That's when you know that you're a true student, a true teacher, because when you never stop learning these mystical ways. My advice is to learn everything. To learn everything you could possibly touch, everything you can feel, and go in there with an experience, and go open with go with an open eye, an open heart of understanding that someone else's medicine is very valuable and important to them. As a shaman, as a medicine person, we honor and respect other people's medicine. We do not dictate. We do not tell them that this is the way it must be done. No, we honor, as long as we, in this return, ask the same of the person with us. I believe that a person who's doing stones, a person who's doing Reiki, a person who's doing is doing the proper and doing the thing they need to do that aligns their spirit and soul, that we always evolve, we always change, we always want to learn new things. So is any healing better than another? Absolutely not. Every healing has its purpose, a higher purpose, a calling, something that says, I am going to do this because I resonate with touching and not touching to put my hands above someone's face, their body, and, and touch areas deep within that I can't even see, to feel the energy coursing through my fingers, like lightning coming through. You know, it's whatever centers you. Especially in this world that we live today. We live in this concrete jungle, like I mentioned earlier. It is a concrete jungle. It is a world that has changed, that has morphed into something completely different than we are even used to. Years and years and years ago, the mountains were there, and we carved through the mountains, we carved through the trees, we carved through the land, we re-landscaped the landscape, we changed it, but the landscape is still there. It has taken new form, it has taken a new embodiment, it has taken a new love, a new course of energy, a new course of existence. 
what was once ground dirt, rock and stone have become mountains of called a building, a skyscraper. Our new landscape is of mountains. Our roads that used to be dirt, grass, have now become pavement. How many times do we honor these sacred beings, these sentinel beings, these living, coursing beings? Do, when's the last time when you were driving on the road gave thanks to the highway for supporting you? When was the last time you said thank you, tires, for supporting my car and keeping me in a safe way? When was the last time you thanked your vehicle for driving and making it to the next block? A lot of us don't even think about that. But as a wanderer, as a shaman, as a medicine person, we acknowledge that other things are here with us, that we are not alone, that we work together, that we're in harmony, in a balance, in a rhythm together. So when you're outside and when you see the things that are normal to you, but what happens is as human beings, we become so consumed with life and with money and all these things that are important to us at some level. At some level, it's important to us because we feel we've been conditioned to understand that and to accept that. Do we have to have money? No, the worth and people made it this far without money, but now it's the monetary system. It's the system that has caused corruption and greed. Will it change? Absolutely will change because it can't hold, it can't sustain itself. When will it change? I don't know. I'm not privy to that information, but I do know this. It will change and it will manifest into something completely different. Now we're moving into a credit system. How many credits do you have? How many credits do you have on your card? You know, not, It's not even how much money anymore. Even when you put a coin in a video machine, it's called credits. It's not called money. So they're being conditioned into a system of where we put our services to use and now we get credited for that use. So when you go to the store and you want to return an item, now they don't give you money back. They give you a credit. So as I'm saying, things do change and we must change with them. And we must also understand how we will change with them. We do not have to agree with the change. We don't have to stand by and observe it. Or we don't have to stand by and just be a participant. We can actually be part of the manifestation. We, as human beings, have manifested everything that we see in front of us. Everything that is around us is our manifestation, our creation. Through the great creator, we saw we saw a need and we said, we're going to do it like this. But was this the only way to do it? Absolutely not. It was not the only way to do it. This is the way that was the most easiest and most profitable for a lot of people. But now we have become new shamans. Now the world needs more shamans. We need more urban shamans. We need more suburban shamans. We need shamans from all walks of life, not just shamans who are hiding in the woods, who have a great value, who hold energy and hold space for us. But the new shamans are very connected to their environment. They understand it. They know what ails the people here. They know why and what is needed. But a lot of these shamans are quiet and silent. I'm not saying you have to go out and announce that you're a shaman. I'm a shaman. Here's my card. No, but understand that the things that we have here, there's a great need for people who need this kind of work. People who are asking to, you know, be understudies, to, to study and to learn the ways of the shaman. If you believe that you're one of these urban, suburban shamans, it's time for you to get back into ceremony and to honor and to respect and to show the, the Mother Earth, I see you, I honor you, I'm with you. The waters have changed, the air has changed. The animals have adapted. The animals have changed. The animals have, the fear level is very different now. 
They used to fear us. And they shouldn't fear us, but they used to fear us. Now they've even come so close to even stand next to us. As I sat in my house with my family the other day, I sat here on the couch. We were watching, of all things, a, a wolf movie. It was called American uh, Werewolf in Paris. Just, it was one of those movies that I'd seen when I was a younger man. And then all of a sudden I hear this rasping noise. And I wasn't sure what it was. I go to the window and I can't see anything because I don't have my flashlight. And I couldn't quite figure out what was going on. So I just kind of let it go. I just say, go, be gone, be gone. There was a slight fear, a slight tinge. I wasn't sure who was calling and who was beckoning our, you know, our welcome or beckoning us to allow them in. But later that morning, around 5 a.m., my daughter comes running up to our bed. And granted, my daughter's 21 years old. And she's like, Dad, there's a deer at my window. And he's, he's rubbing himself against the, the house. And I was afraid to open, but I just beaked a little bit. And I saw it was a big, he had taken his antlers and was rubbed them on the, on the apple, little baby apple tree that we had there. So the animals are communicating with you. They're talking to you. Do all the communication, does it all have meaning? Maybe not. Maybe not every single one. But I do believe this. The animals are talking. The animals are saying that things need to change. When it's all said and done, if we self-destruct the human race, the animals will always be here. They will always come back. They will always take over. They will walk the paths that are important to them. So be thankful. I ask you, as students or as friends as teachers, to come together and to start bringing a resurgence, a revival for peace and love, and to communicate with our, you know, our brothers and sisters of the animal kingdom who speak to us every day through flight, through burrowing, through galloping, through a roar, through a squaw. It's time. It's time to acknowledge the trees, the grass. Standing 30 minutes out in nature, barefooted, does tremendous healing powers for your body. A cleansing. And I know some people, you know, are and have their Christian beliefs and different things, but it also it talks about that we are the domains of this planet. Ha! I laugh. That's true, maybe, to some degree, because we can burrow it over and bear it up. But I tell you, the Mother Earth always has the last laugh. Because when our buildings come crumbling down and our buildings come falling and our roads collapse and crack, who takes over? Nature. Mother. She comes streaming back up. We battle and we fight just to keep up with her and, and to keep her under control. You can't keep her under control. When you're buried your streets and you put your building, she grows around you. A forest that you don't even notice. She can grow in forests in a matter of a year or two. Like that. That's how much we've changed. That's how much nature has adapted. So I welcome you to go out into nature. Talk to nature. Experience nature. Nature awaits your calling. If you're in an urban setting, then go and look at your surroundings. Learn your surroundings. See what's new, what's different. What have you not noticed? If you're in a suburban setting, do the same thing. So you see a house, and you see this, and you see that. But look beyond the house. Look beyond the trees. Look beyond. When's the last time you actually listened to the wind blow by your ear? When's the last time you saw the trees moving and waving in the air? I can tell you when it's going to rain. 
just by looking at the trees and seeing how fast the leaves move above the tree lines. I don't need to have, turn on the TV to understand that. There's an innate built system inside of us that understands these things. As people on this planet, we can manifest and create things constantly, every single day. So I ask this question, and that's, as I always do when I'm in the shower, I ask for some type of guidance and some type of direction. And the, one of the first things is, what ails you? And what hails you? What is ailing you? What's keeping you from the life that you should live, the life that you want to live? What hails you? What is calling you to move forth into that light, into that manifestation? Which one is greater, the hailing or the ailing? Is the ailment, the creation of your mind, slowing you down, stopping you? Oh, I have fibromyalgia. Oh, I don't feel well. Oh, my back. What is it? What's holding you back? Oh, I don't have the money. Oh, my dad. Oh, they would disapprove. Ah, oh, la, 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 la. Ha la 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 la. You know, I'm going to tell you, I do know one thing for sure that all of us have the same ticket to wherever we believe we're going to go. Okay? We all will perish. We will all go back to the earth. We will all return back to the mother, back to the skies, back to the waters, back to the wind. So why not make the best of it while you're here? Why don't you do the best you can do with the tools that you have? And if the tools that you have in your arsenal, that you've lived with all your life aren't serving you, well, it might be time to add more tools and maybe discard some of those old tools and recycle them to the universe. So what ails you? How do you speak to yourself? How do you say, hey, I love you? Is it hard to say I love you? Is it hard to say I love parts of you? Is it difficult? You really have to ask yourself these questions because you're with you yourself every single day, every moment of your life. For you will listen to yourself in the final decision that you have to make, in the final choice you make. Even if somebody gives you advice, you still, still have to make the final choice and the final decision towards that advice. So there is no cop-out because you still, however you're going to experience life, however you want to experience life, it's up to you. How are you willing to experience life? How would you like to experience life? I can't tell you how to do that, but I can tell you this, the choices you make, will define you and make you. Now the choices sometimes we make are wonderful. And sometimes the choices we make are going to be a learning experience. Okay, Some people would say they're bad. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. I don't know. I'm not here to judge that. I can't judge that. Because what's bad for one is good for another. So the choices you make, we always have to make choice. You made a choice to listen to this segment. You've made a choice to get up at a certain time. You've made choices to do nothing. You've made choices to do a lot of things. But choices are there. So I ask you, what ails you? Now I ask you, what hails you? What is hailing you? What is calling you? What is that word? What is that feeling inside your body, inside your heart? What is that look? What is that voice when you're sitting there and you're wondering and you're going, wow, I resonate with this. Wow, I get that. I wish I was doing that. Wow, I'm so jealous of that guy, but it's still a calling. It's that screaming. So many of us gone to college or going to college to make a career for ourselves, to live in the system that says, if you work this many days and this many hours, we'll pay you this much money. If you go to college for these many years and this many times, and I'm not knocking it. Trust me, I'm not knocking it. I'm making an observation from my vantage point, from my perception only. 
You're part of a business that's selling you a piece of paper saying, hey, here it is. I have friends who are master's degrees, PhDs, who can't even find a job. Can't even find a job in their field. Okay, Something's wrong. Something's not right when that happens. Something's not right when you can't apply and, and, and receive a job that you are, are studied in. You know? So for me, that's kind of a contradiction. It's something that's, uh, you know, if I wanted to be a teacher and I can't teach because there's no teaching jobs or I have to move or whatever, fine. But there's a lot of people out there. Education is a value. Just like this course and we're doing in the Urban Suburban Shaman. This is just it's education to learn, to hear something for the first time again or the first time once or many, many times. So what hails you? What calls you? What is you calling your spirit? What is engulfing you? What is saying, I want to be this, I want to do this? Are you doing it? What will it take for you to step out of your comfort zone? What will it take? A tragedy? A happy moment? Seeing that someone else can do it? You can do anything if you put your mind and you set your goals and your priorities towards it. Some of us work in things that we, we just hate. I know, I know you because I'm, I've been there. I've been there. So folks, I ask you, what ails you and what hails you? What is more powerful, the ailment or the calling? The drive, the motivation. If you feel that sickness is serving you and that's where you need to be, then honor it. Honor where you're at. At least honor it and say, you know what, Thavaraja, I honor you. I thank you for allowing me to feel pain again. I'm feeling it. I didn't feel it before. But now that you know that you're feeling the pain, now that you know that you're feeling this feeling about whatever you're feeling, it's time to address it and speak to it. Dear body, I honor you. You're my temple. I can't live without you at this moment. We're here together. Your spirit, your soul, and your body are connected. Most of us think that they're one, but they're separate. They're separate. It's like the battery in your car is separate from the motor, separate from the chassis, separate from the wheels. They all have a combined, and they all work together when the key is turned on. So when you turn the key on, how are you functioning? Is your engine light on? When's the last oil change you had? How do you feed your body? What do you give your car every day? Do you check the pressure in your tires? Do you check the pressure in your body, the blood pressure? Are you maintaining your health, your vitality, the way you do with your car? The reason I give you a metaphor here is because this is an urban, suburban way of life. We drive cars now. We don't ride horses like we used to. Some of us do, but we don't ride them in the city like we used to. A lot of us who are going to hear the show drive cars, motorcycles, bicycles, walk. To be the shaman in the urban setting, to be the shaman in the suburban setting is one to understand, one to acknowledge, and one to observe, one to see, one to value what's in front of them, value the people. When someone else is angry, are you responding or are you reacting? When someone needs a push, when their car breaks down, do you give them a blessing because you can't stop? Or do you laugh 
or do you move forward and just ignore it like nothing happened? Or are you the shaman who gets out and pushes the person to the side and asks if they're okay and if they could use a cell phone to call a family member or loved ones, whatever? Do you see faces in the trees, in the, in the leaves? Do you see faces in the clouds? When you throw a rock in the water, do you notice how many ripples come off that rock that you've thrown in? Stepping into shamanism is to understand that you will be walking in two worlds. A world that is of the, of the human being, of the people who are around you, and the world of nature. Some people say it's the dark, it's the, you know, the death. No, that is for some shamans. But there are other shamans who believe that you walk and you notice the other things that are around you. Life. As I look out this window right now, outside my window, I see a face of a woman smiling at me with long black hair. Her hair is parted through the middle. And the funny thing is she's playing a flute. And I'll have to take a picture of this and I, hopefully it comes out. I might have to doctor it up and touch it up a little bit. But I'm just totally amazed by watching her and acknowledging that what's, what we're talking about is true. And she's happy. But I also see a face of a dragon with its tongue spitting out. A reminder that we do live in the other world as well. We may be in peace, but there's also that other aspect of people who are not in alignment and not resonate with the beliefs and the thoughts that we are creating. So folks, I ask you, just be kind to yourself. Honor where you're at as a human being. You know you can do better. We all know we can do better. If you're happy where you're at, and I honor that for you. And I'm grateful for that. I'm nothing but another person like you, trying to survive and trying to make the best of this world. So I just say when you go out today, be a little more observant about the things around you. Try to look for things that you've never looked for before. Look down, look up, look all around, turn around. When was the last time you actually got on all fours and touched the ground and saw things from that vantage point? Like our four-legged brothers and sisters. When's the last time you stood like a tree, the standing people, and stood there? When's the last time you just curled up like a ball and acted like the stone people? And just watched the earth rotate for millions and millions of years as a stone. Think of all the energy and all the download information that those rocks hold. Their recorded history, fossils, things that we can't even identify right now. So, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Urban Suburban Shaman series. I'll be popping in and out. There won't be any site set time for it. But when I feel the calling and when I feel the urge to record these messages and share them with you, I will. I am also on WithInsightsRadio.com. And that's on the Block Talk Radio Network on Mondays at 6 p.m. if you want to tune in. I'm also on Facebook at Iggy Garcia Hoop Watcher. Look for me there. I also have my own website, my own blog site at IggyGarcia.com. Visit us there. And I also have my own restaurant, own Garcia's International Restaurant here in Columbus, Ohio. So come visit us. Um, we have drum circles on Saturdays. We have a good time. And you get to meet other like-minded people. Uh, the drum circle is amazing. We share a lot of energy. We share a lot of beliefs. And visit us at nemenhob.org as well. Then you can kind of learn about my people, my adopted people, my friends, my family, 
with that, I want to say thanks to everybody. I uh, hope you enjoyed this topic that we covered today, and I'll talk to you soon.